What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Sports. Jamo K. Davis here with you. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to start. Uh, we'll talk about football, not the EPL football, which, of course, we pay attention to. It's back up and running. Man City, Liverpool. My dad's upstairs watching. His family's gathering for the holidays. We'll also talk about NFL. Chase Young. Yes, he's going to start for my Washington Commanders as they take on the 49ers. But also sticking with football, we'll talk about the ridiculous deal by YouTube. These streaming services are taking over the NFL. What does that mean for other sports in general? In my mind, is the first place that I went with that. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk a little politics. Capitol Hill. As the House passed a bill, a bill for equal pay for U.S. women athletes, we will talk about that as well in the National Basketball Association. What team is uh, kind of? changing my mind a little bit they were but then I felt like they just slid right back into where we expected them to be and then there's another team that should be a playoff team that I do not I think that that window is closing and this is on the heels of something positive happening for that team as well. But we're going to first start with, especially as we just came off of the World Cup, the news that the House of Representatives passed a bill that gives equal pay for U.S. women competing in international events. Um, this was started from the U.S. women's soccer team um, in their battle to get equal pay, U.S. men's national team. And the U.S. women's national team, USWNT, wanted equal pay. And that bill was passed on Wednesday and all athletes that are representing the United States in any kind of competition will get equal pay and benefits in their sport, regardless of gender. And I'm fine with that. The cool thing is it covers not just the national sports and the Olympics, but it also extends uh, to the Paralympics. But of course, they have to handle the oversight of it. And we will see how that works. I'm sure President Joe Biden is going to pass it. As Senator Maria Cantwell said after the passage, quote, the Equal Pay for Team USA Act erases any ambiguity, setting the standard that when it comes to pay, medical care, travel arrangements, and reimbursement of expenses for players of the same sport, nothing short of equal is acceptable regardless of gender. I'm grateful for the group of women athletes who at the top of their game raise their voices to demand equal pay for their success. I am 100% on board with that. That's great. 
And now we can move on. And not just in sports, but in the working world, I would like to see it even. Let's make it even. That's really, really, really important. And I'm glad that we are going to see a change. The one place that I have always talked about that I don't know if you can have equal pay is in tennis. Why in tennis, you ask? Because the women play three sets, best of three, and the men play best of five. And I think that is a distinct difference. You could maybe say, well, in golf, the women play from a shorter tee, but they still play the same number of holes. So that's not as big of a difference in my mind, even though I know the distance is different. But I think in, in tennis, they don't, they're not equal. What they play is simply not equal in a very distinct way. But I'm happy where we are now, equal pay, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Now, as I start with the NBA, there's one team that I that I was keeping an eye on and I was maybe going to talk about that they were trending upward. Um, and maybe they still are. It's the New York Knicks. And, you know, as I was looking at the standings when I was doing the last pod, and I was like, ooh, top six, the Knicks? They're four games on over 400, eight and two in their last 10. And they just lost to the Toronto Raptors who needed 52 points from Pascal Siakam in MSG to hand them the loss. But they're trending in the right direction. And outside of the Brooklyn Nets, so everything's going well in New York. New York has the second best record in the last 10 games. But in terms of streaks, I mean, there are multiple streaks going on right now in the league. You got Brooklyn, seven in a row. Philly, they've won six in a row. Cleveland's won five in a row. I think give or take a team or two, you're probably looking at the top five. If I took a picture right now and said, or let's just say the six teams that already are guaranteed a playoff spot, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, New York. I think those teams are a lock. If I took a picture, I could see them being a lock. But the biggest difference with all of these teams, I believe, is the signing of Jalen Brunson. He changed the New York Knicks. Now, granted, they lost a 225 draft pick recently for tampering, but the tampering was worth it. They needed a point guard. They got a point guard. I don't want to say he's up and coming, but I feel like his Q rating is going to go way up now that he's playing in New York versus Dallas. Not just because he's playing in the Mecca of New York, but he's not hiding behind one Luka Doncic, who in some ways I think is overrated. 
Or maybe it's just that the team around him is just kind of, eh. But the New York Knicks look good. They have a plus 2.7 differential. It's not great, but it's fifth in the league, or excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. Behind Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. Now, to win a championship, I don't know about that, but if you want to try to get them, you can get them at like plus 15,000. You want to take a flyer on your New York Knicks. You know, I'm sure you're feeling it now. You're like, okay, yeah. I doubt they would win the conference. But if you wanted to try them winning the conference too, you can get that at plus 6,000. And if you wanted to do division winner, it's plus 7,000, but there's no way they're getting over the Celtics or the Sixers. So that's not going to happen. But I could see why you would be excited in New York. I could see why you be you could be excited in New York. And of course, I'm also, you know, yeah, Brooklyn looks good too. Is anybody paying attention to Brooklyn? Now that Kyrie's back, they are rising. I'm sure New York would love nothing more than the Eastern Conference Finals between the Knicks and the Nets. Nets, Knicks, Nets, Knicks. Tongue twister. That'd be kind of cool. Maybe a little too much New York. But that could still be kind of cool. Now on the flip side, something that I did not expect is that the Phoenix Suns would lose to the Wizards. And what I see happening is a Phoenix Suns team whose window is closing. I do think the window is closing. Now, I would never say, and I don't know Phoenix that well. I am reading from reports. But one, Phoenix should have never lost to the Wizards. Like that definitely is just like a What are you talking about? Phoenix? Losing to the Wizards? But this is what I see as you can watch replays and you see Bradley Beal clapping as he is seeing Bridges and Aiton going at it. One of them has to go. 
as in Aiton or Monte Williams, in order for this, the season to be salvaged for the Phoenix Suns. That's my take. That's a hot take. The Phoenix Suns should have never lost to the Wizards. The talent level outside of Bradley Beal Maybe you could say KP. Am I forgetting some? I know I'm forgetting somebody. It's not. It's not fair. Can't be. I'm forgetting somebody. But I think that the fact that Aiton, if you listen, don't just think about this year. I don't know if you remember last year. Aiton and Monty Williams didn't see eye to eye. The locker room is fractured. The team is fractured. They already have health issues. I want them to win. I do. But I think in order for them to win, it's time for DeAndre Ayton to go. And it's tough because this is coming off of news of... The Phoenix Suns and one Matt Ishbia. He is from era. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he is from basketball. I was about to say he's from Arizona. Excuse me. He actually was a walk-on at Al Michigan State. Excuse me. He's a billionaire because you know no one can buy a team now unless you're a billionaire. But this is coming off of the heels of Matt Ishbia being announced as uh, the new majority owner of the Phoenix Suns and the WNBA's Mercury. Of course, that includes Brittany Griner, who hopefully she'll be back at the start of WNBA season. So there'll be some positive publicity there for the team. Matt Ishbia saying, quote, I'm extremely excited to be the next governor of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. Both teams have an incredibly dynamic fan base, and I have loved experiencing the energy of the Valley over the last few months. Hmm. That's. That's pretty interesting. Ishbia is the CEO and president of United Wholesale Mortgage, a Michigan-based company. He played basketball. He was a walk-on. And he was on the 2000, the Spartans 2000 National Championship team. This is quite interesting. I know he loves the game, has to love the game because he played it. The weird thing for me is I don't know if Phoenix is worth $4 billion as a team. The Lakers valuation was at $5 million and Phoenix is at four. Brooklyn Nets at the time was an NBA record when it was sold to Joe Sy for $2.35 million. Tillman Fertitta paid $2.2 for the Rockets 
and Steve Ballmer paid $2 billion for the Clippers. I think you're going to see more and more uh, owners only being billionaires who can afford this. Uh, man, that, that's a lot. I hope I hope he gets his money back for that one. Or maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's got so much, he's like, I, I don't care. I mean, realistically, maybe that's it. I mean, my man gave $32 million to Michigan State's basketball. I just think in his mind, he's like, whatever. I've got another billion, $2 billion, $3 billion coming my way. It doesn't matter. But I imagine when Ishbia is getting this team and he's, he's wondering, like, wait a minute. What's going on? I mean, he's got to make a phone call to somebody and say, hey, what, what's happening here in Phoenix? This problem between Aiton and Monty Williams and at least Mikhail Bridges as well, who, you know, you could see demonstratively getting uh, heated uh, in an argument at the free throw line with his teammate. Somebody's got to go, and I doubt it's going to be Monty Williams. So I imagine more teams are asking right now, is this funny? If you watch the replay, you can see Bradley Beal clapping like, oh, yeah, I love this anger. I love these, these, the teammates kind of going at it. Okay, yeah, that's good for us. Divisiveness is good for a Wizards win. And they needed it. The Wizards needed it. I'm happy the Wizards won. But that's really, 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 really not good for Phoenix. Now, they are favored to win the Pacific Division, but I see the Clippers back at plus 290. Warriors all the way back at 1100. I'll buy those for a dollar. Conference winner, Phoenix Suns are plus 475, so the Warriors are ahead of them and the Clippers are ahead of them. They're not going to win the championship, and I think their window is closing. I want Chris Paul to get a championship, although sometimes, see, you know, his antics on the court. I know it rubs some players the wrong way, but I just don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see this bringing the team closer together because when you do this stuff out in the open on the bench, you definitely don't care who's seeing. We know the cameras are around. Phoenix is four and six in their last 10. Four and six. They still are have a six game lead or separation between wins and losses, 19 and 13. Amazingly, they're undefeated in the division. But that can't bode well. I'm going to have to add some people. Ask some people I know, like, yo, what's going on there? But I imagine that there are a lot of teams, including, I'll raise my hand if the Wizards want to, too, that might want to use somebody like Aiton. Shoot, maybe a team like Indiana can say, look, we'll take Aiton. You can have Miles Turner and somebody else. They already gave up DeMontis Zabonis. Zabonis. Why not? 
Now, for my Washington Wizards, 1-9 in their last 10, they had lost, what, 12 in a row until last night? Now their record is 12-20? and 20. Ooh, that's rough. That is rough. But we'll see how it plays out. I think when you think about that trade deadline, if any of your teams, you need a big man. Now, granted, he may have some issues. Obviously, if he can't get along with his coaches and teammates, that may, you know, spill over to the next team. You don't know. But there is a chance that Phoenix is going in the wrong direction. Going in the wrong direction. Now, speaking of a different direction, yeah, um, what happened with Carlos Correa? He is a World Series champion. He was supposed to be a giant, right? Sunday night, Carlos Correa and his family were in San Francisco getting ready to have their press conference. Then out of nowhere, after his physical examination by the San Francisco Giants, they say, hold up, hold up. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to consider something else here. I mean, this is this, this, this just so wild. I mean, he's ready for the introductory press conference. You know, doing this whole media blitz. 13-year contract, and then boom. It was just done. And of course, of course, for better or for worse, the drama always seems to follow Scott Boris. And... I don't know. It's it's just crazy to think that the Giants president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, said he was worried about Correa's lower left leg, which was repaired in 2014. Now, I'm not saying that it wasn't smart of them to think about. Oh, maybe not. Because I agree. Like, you're signing a 13-year deal? I get it. I get it if you're like, well, wait a minute. Maybe we don't want to sign a player who's kind of on the older side to 13 years. And then out of nowhere, overnight, the New York Mets swooped in and signed him to a 12-year, $315 million deal. Now, there are two ways you can think about this. You can be sick if you're a Giants fan at the thought of, ooh, we had a shot. 
we had a shot to get a top shortstop. Or you could say, well, maybe they dodged a bullet because of the health concerns and the longevity of the contract. And I personally think that the Mets are, I mean, a lot of teams are chasing a championship, but the team that's really chasing a championship are the Mets. They are win now. So they are willing to take a gamble. The problem is when you say win now, but you sign a player to a 12-year deal, you better win now or else you're locking yourself in for a lot of money for a player who just may not give you what you want. They are willing to take that gamble. He's 28 years old. So by the time the deal is done, he'll be 40. He's in the prime of his career. I I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, I feel like the Mets are just, they're just different. And their level of, whether it's bravado or in some ways, desperation. Is. Yeah. It's interesting that the mess just like, oh, you injury. Oh, we're not worried about injury. Okay, fine. Yeah, we'll take it. The Mets have almost $800 million in payroll in off-season signings. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I can't fathom it. And they already had a shortstop in Francisco Lindor. And now they're talking about moving him to third base. I am just amazed. I really am just, I am amazed. I am really amazed. And we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. I'm going to keep my eye on it. And I know for Mets fans, they are too. You know they're bracing for it. They're like, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. We shall see. We really shall. All right. Let's move on to the National Football League. And I'm first going to start with the reports that YouTube TV is buying Sunday ticket for $14 billion. It's basically Google. It's just something about YouTube having the best model for it. Like, 
when I'm thinking of the user experience and I'm trying to watch Thursday night football and so it's like okay you got to go to prime video to get it on it takes like four steps so like you got to go from well for me I'm I have cable I still have cable not a cord cutter um and so you then got to go to the app for prime and then when you go to the app for prime then you got to select football and then you have to select if you want to watch football live or if you want to watch it on a um replay and or show highlights like it's just convoluted and it definitely is more seamless for youtube for my friends that have youtube tv some colleagues that they've cut the cord and they use YouTube TV. I imagine this is going to be seamless. Apple can't, ne it's not necessarily going to be seamless. Um, I just don't necessarily like the thought of cable going away the way we see it. It's just not going to be the same. It'll be interesting to see how this deal plays out over time. If the streaming services are going to be where you have to watch sports now. And ABC, NBC, Fox is going to go away. I mean, even from the NBA, I, you know, you've been hearing more and more talk about how, oh, well, there's going to be a situation where you may not see NBA on TNT. Now, granted... Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith, they can go to another network. That's possible. But the thought of TNT being like, well, I don't know if we're going to pay that much for basketball, but a streaming service who seems to have way more money than uh, Turner, which I'm like, okay, do they really? But maybe they do. And they just want in. So they don't care what it'll cost. They just want in. And you know what? They are in. They are really, really in. And it's going to be interesting to see how things change. It's going to be interesting to see how things change. All right, two stories uh, that aren't good and one that is good. Um, or I wouldn't say the stories aren't good. They're sad. They're sad stories. Um, and the first is about the passing of Franco Harris a beloved Pittsburgh Steelers player who was a running back and is known for the immaculate reception. He passed away in his sleep yesterday um, on the cusp of the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception. I'd be curious if the way that technology was today, if they would have ruled that an incomplete pass. Um, that'd be interesting. I, you know, I just think that's, one of those things where it is maybe the it I would say it probably used to be the most recognizable play, but I imagine if you ask anybody, maybe under the age of thirty, about Franco Harris and Immaculate Reception, they'd be like, "Who? What?" But he is an icon, if nothing else in Pittsburgh. But I do believe he is a national icon, and my heart goes out to the Harris family, the Steelers family. For the sudden loss of Franco Harris. I got to meet him for the first time last year in November at a gala. I met him and his wife. And they couldn't have been nicer. It was fun to talk to them. 
Um, we talked about football. We even talked about potentially working on a, a video project together. Um, and it was just really sad. And I know that uh, the Steelers, the Pittsburgh area, the NFL community, everybody in some way, shape, or form is mourning the loss of Franco Harris. And I can imagine a FH patch on the Steelers jerseys moving forward. But the other sadness is for the rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. He self-reported concussion symptoms. And this realistically is the second concussion for him in his rookie season. And the fact that he pulled himself out of the game is not a good sign. He said Thursday, quote, I thought I was good to go, felt good. And I got back out there and started running and they started coming into play more. I'm moving and things are going fast. That's when symptoms start to come up and I had to go inside. I came off the field, was not feeling good, and that's why I went in. When you're on the cusp of the beginning of your career, as Kenny Pickett is, and within two... Well, within a season... You're already almost have to be contemplating, should I stop playing football? The violent hits are not going to stop. Okay, yeah, I'll change my helmet. I think in some ways that may be masking. The real problem to just say, oh, I'll put on a different helmet and I'll be fine. My that's my biggest concern and my sadness for Kenny Pickett. I applaud him for taking himself out of the game. I applaud him for thinking about his personal health over I just want to play football. I just want to be here for the team. But I also, if I could talk to Kenny Pickett, would implore him to say, maybe you need to stop playing football because it's not going to get better. Every, every snap could mean another violent hit. Every snap could mean the end of your career. And to think that before it began, it's over, is very sad. It's very sad. But I hope that Kenny Pickett is thinking long-term and considering it. You know, who knows? Maybe say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop right now. Go into the booth. Call some games. You see the deals they're getting for calling games? Shoot. YouTube's already? They're going to need broadcasters for their games? Kenny Pickett, get in the booth. Try that. The only hits you might take are on social media.
keyboard courage, and you'll be fine with that. You're good, you're good. It's got a good look. I'd maybe consider it. I really would, and I hope that he is too. I hope that he is too. Now, as I'm telling and, and suggesting maybe Kenny Pickett should stop playing football, the Washington Commanders are welcoming defensive end Chase Young back on the field 13 months after he injured his knee, his right knee. He probably won't play a lot. San Francisco, with their new uh, quarterback under center, they're looking good. They're 10 and 4. The car the commanders are 7-6 and 1. This is it for Washington. I personally think that this is it for Ron Rivera. Ron can ride his riverboat into the sunset and no longer be the coach of the Washington Commanders. In my mind, I don't think he should be. In that same vein, I don't think that Taylor Heineke is the answer. So I'm kind of like, all right, when are we going to stop acting like, oh, yeah, we can win. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. 12 points. 12 points. We need to just call this season. We really do. I'm happy that Chase Young is back. And maybe he will have a long career. But to think that he tore his ACL and ruptured his patellar tendon on November 14th and he's finally coming back, you never know. Just like with Kenny Pickett, you never know what may happen next. Any given Sunday, any given down, any given snap. If he's only going to play, you know, 12 to 16 snaps. He says he's every day he's getting better, stronger. I like what he said in this quote where he, he was asked about can he be impactful in limited snaps. He says, shoot, quote, shoot, 16 plays. One of them could be the play of the game. You just never know. However many snaps I'll be prepared. I like that mindset. I really do. Heck, I might even... Nah, I ain't going to pick him up in my fantasy league. Yeah, we got two defensive players. I'm not going to do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. Just not going to do it. Just not going to do it. What I am going to do is gut check picks for the NFL and the NBA. And the NBA. Because we've got Christmas Day games. And, uh, yeah, I, I realistically, uh, normally I don't do a show on Monday. And so the games will already be going on. So why not? Right? Why not? I'm gonna do my gut check picks for the Christmas day games is what I will do. But we will start with the National Football League because the games are coming up right now. As in tonight, Jaguars, Jets. The Jets are favored at minus two and a half. We've got Zach Wilson, the beleaguered 
quarterback in his young career in this instant coffee era going up against the number one overall pick at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I'm going to go Jacksonville Jaguars at plus two and a half. Buffalo Bills at the Chicago Bears. The Bills are favored at minus eight. I'm going to take the Bears at plus eight. Seahawks at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are heading in the wrong direction. The Seahawks are headed in the wrong direction. The Seahawks are headed in the wrong direction, but 10 points, I don't know. The Chiefs don't always cover, um, but I'm going to take a gamble here. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Bengals at the Patriots. The Bengals are favored at minus three on the road. I'm going to take the Bengals at the Patriots. It's the last chance for the Patriots. This is it. I think this is, if they have a chance to make the playoffs, they've got to win this game, but I just don't see them beating the Bengals. The Bengals are on a roll. Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. The Lions are favored at minus two and a half. It's a tough one. Lions are pretty good. I'm going to take the Lions on the road, taking a lot of road teams. Giants at the Vikings. Vikings are favored at minus four. The Vikings had the greatest comeback of all time, all time ever, last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Saturday needs to go back to coaching on Fridays, as I said. I'm going to take the Vikings at minus four. Texans at the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what to make of the Titans. I don't know what to make of the Texans. But the Titans should beat the Texans. And it shouldn't be by only a field goal. They are the better team. I'm going to take the Texans. Excuse me, the Titans at minus three. Saints at the Browns. We got Deshaun Watson. With some of the other news, I feel like it's kind of flown under the radar that he's back under center. Maybe no one cares anymore. Unfortunately, maybe no one really cares about the type of person you have under center in Cleveland. And maybe that's what the Cleveland Browns were banking on. I'm banking on the Browns to win that game. I'm going to take them at minus two and a half. Falcons against the Ravens. It has been uh, reported that Lamar Jackson is out. Not that the Falcons are really good with their coach, who actually is the son of the FedEx CEO, so he's pretty much going to inherit over a billion dollars. Why is he coaching an NFL team? It's all about passion. I love it. But do they have a – can they be within six and a half points? I think so. I'm going to take the Falcons at plus six and a half. Commanders at the 49ers. 49ers are favored at minus seven. I'm going to take Brock as a lock under center with the Niners. I'm going to take them at minus seven because you know Kyle Shanahan wants to do nothing more than destroy Washington. Eagles at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored at minus four and a half. No Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is out. I'm going to take the, the Cowboys at minus four and a half. Raiders at the Steelers. Steelers are favored at minus two and a half. I think they will play a spirited game in honor of Franco Harris. If Kenny Pick is under center, that might be even better, but that might have been an even better game. But I'm okay if it's going, uh, well, am I really? Yeah, I'm good with Mitch Trubisky. I'm taking the Steelers at minus two and a half. 
Now, the funny thing is, you know what that, what is going on here? Those are all Saturday games. We haven't even gotten to the Sunday game, which is really random because we have three games on Sunday. In my mind, you know what that says to me? Well, sort of, because there are still games. But the NFL was like, yo, we're going to let the NBA have Christmas Day. So we're going to kind of do some games, and we're going to put more of our games on Saturday if that helps you out. We got the Packers at the Dolphins. Dolphins are favored at minus three and a half. The Packers are looking a little bit better. This is their last chance. Like, they're, this is their stand. I'm going to take the Packers at plus three and a half. Broncos at the Rams. Broncos haven't looked good. Neither have the Rams. The Rams are at home. Um, Boy, this is a tough one. I think I'll take the Rams. It's going to be a close game. I'm not saying the Rams will win, but it's going to be close. Buccaneers at the Cardinals. The Buccaneers are favored at 7.5 on the road. I'm going to take the home dog and the Cardinals at plus 7.5. And, and in the Monday night game, we've got Chargers-Colts. The Chargers are favored at... Minus four and a half. I think Jeff Saturday is going to lose this Monday game. Him and the Colts. I'm taking the Chargers at minus four and a half. And those are my gut check NFL picks. Chargers minus four and a half. Cardinals plus seven and a half. Rams plus three. Packers plus three and a half. Steelers minus two and a half. Cowboys minus four and a half. 49ers minus seven. Falcons plus six and a half. Browns minus two and a half. Titans minus three, Vikings minus four, Lions minus two and a half, Bengals minus three, Chiefs minus 10, Bears plus eight, and Jaguars plus two and two and a half. And those are my gut check picks. And I'll buy that for a dollar. All right. As I said, I am also going to do NBA picks. Not just of games, but we're talking about the Christmas Day games. That's a big day in the NBA. Probably the day that most people start to pay attention to the league. And as it stands right now, we've got five games on Christmas Day. And I'm going to pick every one. Now, some people do money line. Some people do the spread. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm going to take the money line. So, here we go. Gut check picks with the money line. Knicks hosting the 76ers. I'm going to take the Knicks at plus 115. Lakers at the Mavericks. I am going to take the, ooh, that's a tough one. Do I want to take the Lakers? I'm going to take the Lakers, if nothing else, because probably I'm a Luka hater. I don't I don't like that pick. I feel like Dallas is going to win. I'm going to regret this pick. Bucks at the Celtics. The Celtics are favored, but the thing is, they have not played that well of late in my mind. Okay, I guess overall they have. They're 22 and 10, but they're four and six in their last 10. I think I'm going to take the Bucks at plus 140. Maybe they'll snap out of it. I'll take the Bucks at 140. Grizzlies at the Warriors. The Warriors are not playing that well of late either. 
they have slid all the way out of the playoffs. They're three and seven in their last last ten. They've lost two in a row. No Steph Curry. Three games under five hundred. I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies in that game. Phoenix Suns at the Denver Nuggets. Phoenix Suns. The sun might be setting. The sun very well might be setting on Phoenix. Overall, not just in this game, but overall on their season, overall on their future, they may have to rethink about what they're doing. I think the Denver Nuggets with the reigning MVP, let's hope Jamal Murray plays. But I like that team. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets at minus 140. And that is my parlay pick. I got the Denver Nuggets minus 140. Grizzlies minus 165. Bucks plus 140. Lakers plus 250. Knicks plus 115. That's my parlay pick. And I've done it. I've done my Christmas Day picks for the NBA. I've done my uh, weekly picks for the National Football League. Uh, if I hit either one of these, I'll be happy. I know they're long shots, especially the NFL is a big long shot, but I have fun doing it, just like I have fun doing this podcast. And uh, again, my condolences to the Steelers, the Pittsburgh, the Franco Harris family on the sudden passing of the greatness that is Franco Harris, close to the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, you will be missed. And that'll do it for Justice Sport. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code JFORSPORT and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the prize picks app today.